That is, that is good music. Thank you for leading us. What an incredible, beautiful day. It has been a gorgeous week this week, and there is an array of colors. God is so good, and I'm still kind of stuck on those red velvet cupcakes. You get something, you just hear something, and you just see it. We need to pray and ask for help. This is a little bit of a different Sunday. I don't know if you'll pick up on that or not right away. I'm not, I'm not officially preaching today. Some of you will have like a sigh of relief of that. But I, I'm excited about this opportunity that we have to really dialogue on where I believe very clearly God has us going in the future um, as a local church. Uh, there have been many uh, hours of prayer spent on this. I am so delightful that God has brought the elders alongside of me to assist. Uh, I have always felt I can see very clearly where I want to go, but getting there has always been a challenge. And that's what it has been a delight to have the good and godly men around me. And so I'm excited about what God has in store for the future of Big Woods Bible Church. Let's pray before we go any further this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we are redeemed through the work that you have accomplished on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you see us as forgiven sinners. Lord, that we have now a message of that grace and of that forgiveness to offer others that we see, that we talk to, that we know, that we study with, that we live alongside of in our community. Father, we thank you so much for your word that directs us literally, is a lamp for our paths and to direct our steps. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, for how clear you reveal yourself to us every single day through the beauty of your creative design and handiwork. And yet, Lord, through the very specific instruction and direction of how we are to to live and, and work and walk and love in this world according to your word. Now, Father, I would ask that you would direct our time. May you be glorified in it. I would ask, Lord, that every single person who is here this morning who, who calls themselves a follower of Jesus would understand very specifically what their role is, what the responsibility they have. And Lord, if there's people that are here today that do not know you as personal Lord and Savior, that they would see a very clear direction of where they need to go through your word and through the direction and vision that we feel very clearly you are leading us. God, direct us now. We ask this in the strong name of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. I have hanging in my office the words of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. I will oftentimes read it so I understand very clearly what my job description is. It says this. They, speaking of a pastor's responsibility, they keep watch over your souls as those who will give accounts. My job as a shepherd, an under-shepherd, is to watch for your souls because one day I must give account because of that. There's two primary areas that I will oftentimes speak with people and I will even ask them, are you being fed spiritually 
And are you being led spiritually? Being fed is that which we do, that which I have the privilege of doing on a regular basis of offering to you the truth of God's word through preaching. Are you being fed? Are you being strengthened and nourished? The other question is, are you being led? Which means, do you understand where you are supposed to go in life? Do you understand where you're supposed to go as a local church? Do you understand what direction you are heading? We have to understand, I have to understand what direction we together are heading as a church because I'm going to be held accountable for that. This is where this idea of vision comes in. I just checked this morning. It has not changed. The definition of the word vision is this. The faculty or state of being able to see. What is vision? It is the ability to see. Every single one of us who has walked into this room, this house, this day, has the ability to see. It is something that we should never, ever, ever take for granted. I think of the vision that God has given to me physically, literally. When, when I was young, um, I would oftentimes boast and brag that I had the best eyesight of anyone in our entire family. When we were driving down the road and we would play the game of who's the first one to be able to read that sign all the way down, I could always read the sign before anyone else. God blessed me with great eyesight. Until the time I was 13 years old, I came home from practice and I remember telling my mother over cookies and milk, things don't seem very sharp to me any longer. It almost seems blurry. I'm not picking up the ball fast enough. I had my eyes checked and they were amazed how bad my eyes had become so quickly. They actually tested me for diabetes. There's a reason why within a matter of months, my eyesight got so bad so fast. So I needed glasses or contacts. Now, we were in a situation financially that we could afford only one. It was either going, not, not one contact, either glasses or contacts. We, we couldn't afford both. I played a lot of sports, and so I said I would, I would take contacts, which you could only wear for so many hours a day back in the 80s. I know that's not like that today. And so I would wear my contacts, and when I got home at night, I was literally like I could not see anything. And this happened all the way through till I was 18 years old. I graduated from high school, and as a graduation gift, I was given glasses to wear when I took my contacts at night so I could see all the time. And that was so cool. On my very first day of college, a nervous college student We were spending the night in a hotel, and I'd taken out my contacts because I could see with my glasses, and that was cool, but I had forgotten my contact case. So what I did is I put my contacts in in, in a glass filled with my solution, and I told everyone, these are my contacts. Please don't touch them. Please don't move them. My mother got up in the middle of the night to take 
some medication and she literally thought it was a glass of water and she swallowed my contacts. I was so excited to, to finally be at college and see it all the time and now I was reduced to just wearing glasses and not having the contacts. The ability to see is something that we should never take for granted. 22 years, I toiled between contacts and glasses until one day I was preaching a message and I rubbed my eye because I had something in in my lens. And there was an old gentleman that was sitting in the back, a dear friend to this day. His name is Lou. And he came up to me after the service and he said, do you have a problem with your vision? I said, no, I, I wear contacts. I must have had something under my lens. It was bothering me. He said, I would like to give you a gift if you would be willing to accept it. I said, what is that? He said, I would like to, to have a, a gift of LASIK surgery for you. And I was tested at Dartmouth Hospital and I had LASIK surgery. And my vision today is better than 2020. Every day that I look at the sun or the moon and the stars at night or flowers, I am grateful for a gift that has been given to see very, very clearly. I do not take that for granted. As a pastor, I have a responsibility not only to make sure that I, I, I have clear vision as far as what's going on around, but that you as a church body, that together we have Good vision as to where we are going. Having 2020 vision is considered perfect vision. And I have thought about this and prayed about this. And I thought about the year 2020. It's about six and a half years from now. I thought, where would we be? Where will we be? About six months ago, I began to pray very specifically. God, direct me with clear vision. And allow me to communicate with clarity the vision that I believe that we are going together as a church. I will have to tell you that over the past six months praying about that, it has been a tremendous delight. It has brought a sense of excitement to know that we are a redeemed group of sinners, that by God's grace, he has what? He has equipped us, he has called us to do an amazing work. I began to pen where, I, where I, I believe we are and where we need to go. And so I'm going to, like, like Dave today, I'm, not, I'm going to stay pretty close to my script, if, if you don't mind, of what I've written. I have shared this with the elders and they have assisted me. And from this, we have created what I call Vision 2020 as far as where we are going, and Lord willing, by trusting God in His strength, how we're going to get there. I'm going to read to you a portion of, of this statement that I have developed that I see very, very clearly. And then we're going to kind of expand upon that as far as what strategies are in place. Later on, we'll look at that on how we're going to get there. Okay? Here it is. <clears throat> as we... Anticipate our future. I believe the burden 
for people in Lock Haven and the surrounding communities to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ is very heavy. We acknowledge the weight of that burden includes the young and the old, the healthy and the sick, the rich and the poor, the married, the single, the divorced and separated. It includes those struggling with all kinds of hurts, habits and hang-ups. It includes the weak, the abused, the tired, the scared, the lost, the hungry, the addict, and the convict. It is clear. It includes all, not just some, but all of those around us. We recognize the fact that we live today in unprecedented times. Today, it is clearly apparent that the number of Hurting and needy people is at an all-time high. It seems as if there are more people floundering and struggling. It seems as if there are more marriages and families in conflict and crises and more young people caught in rebellion and confusion than ever before. As a result of this condition, I believe the need for a message of hope and love offered through Jesus Christ has never been greater for Lock Haven than right now. And so I ask, we ask with one voice, what is the vision for the future of Big Woods Bible Church? I know that we have an official mission statement that is often spoken or seen in print. It comes directly from Deuteronomy 6, Matthew 22, Mark 12, and Luke 10. It reads, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It is best summarized as two commands or in four simple words. Love God and love people. I am glad that we have this official statement. But you and I can be certain, unless we have a vision that will seek to fulfill our ultimate mission, it will simply be an empty statement. It sounds nice and looks good on paper. Therefore, I believe today we must commit. We must commit to come to the end of ourselves and do whatever is necessary to assure that our vision seeks to fulfill our mission. Well, what are we to do? We know biblically we cannot change our message and we will not alter our mandate which is best summarized in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. In Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. In 2 Timothy 2, Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Therefore, we will remain consistent in teaching absolute truth based solely upon the word of God. That is the raw gospel of Jesus Christ. While striving to do that, you have heard me repeatedly proclaim it is not about religion It is about relationships. As your pastor, I want to pause and commend you. 
In the past two years, I have witnessed many of you invest into relationships. And I praise God and I thank God for you. However, now is the time, not for some of us or even many of us, but for all of us to commit to do this and to do this well. Therefore, I believe the ultimate means by which we as a local church can fulfill our God-given mission is to do what God has equipped us to do best. And that is to intentionally build into relationships with all people in our community so that lives are transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thus, we are allowing the word of God and the spirit of God to guide us into our vision statement, which for the immediate future will read at Big Woods, we are committed, and here it is, to build relationships so that God is glorified and lives, families, and the community are transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. In order to do this, We need to carefully guard ourselves from the comfortable slumber of complacency and reject the ever-dangerous attitude of apathy. And we will need to commit to fall in love with God once again. Together we can hunger for righteousness and thirst for holiness, just like those that we have been learning about in the book of Acts, who worshipped and worked in the early church. We can rediscover the faith that they have exercised. And we can trust the Holy Spirit to lead us just as they were led. But first, we will need to recommit. We will need to recommit to follow God in complete obedience regardless of the cost. We will need to recommit to search to study, to memorize, and to meditate on the Bible every day, not just Sunday. We will need to live authentic lives so that people will follow us as we follow Jesus. We will need to be more willing to unconditionally love people, even when it's hard to do. We will need to stop seeing what we can get out of church And start seeing what we can give to church. We will need to remember to pray more faithfully and more fervently. We will need to recall the definition of words like confession and repentance. And we will need to put them into practice. We can do this. And I am asking all of you to be more faithful, more loving, more forgiving more honest, more open, more giving, more aware, and more available. I'm asking you to commit to be less selfish, less judgmental, less prideful, and less worldly. How? How are we to do it? I believe it begins by simply remembering who we are. We are a redeemed group of sinners who are called to passionately be in love with God and with one another. We can learn this and we will learn this 
when we strive to have an atmosphere of sincere worship in all of our services. Come each Sunday prepared to worship in spirit and in truth. Which means what? If you ache, then admit the fact that you ache. If you hurt or are lonely, then come and trust that God, His Word, and His people will heal that hurt. Come if you are mad or angry or confused and see how God will soothe and heal and comfort. Come to learn to forgive those who hurt you or learn to offer forgiveness to those whom you have hurt. Come to sing and see God and sense God's presence and power. Come to listen and hear that still, small voice that you used to hear. Trust God to be God once again. Come and commit to be part of what God is doing. Come and commit to help and serve in our children's and youth ministries that are safe places for kids who are hurting and searching for hope. Come and commit to be part of a home group that is an atmosphere for fellowship and discipleship. Come to learn and grow with others who want a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Come and bring other people. We must not wait for people to come to us, but we must be willing to go to those who are in need. We must be willing to provide help and care and love or support to any and all who need it. If we truly love God and love people, then we must not just talk about doing it, and we must do it. We must get on or get off, get in or get out. Get serious about doing God's work for God's glory, or get ready to reduce it all to bean suppers and bingo games. Our vision must seek to fulfill our mission. Finally, we need to remember As in all of history, God delights in using imperfect people to accomplish His perfect will. I am most thankful for that. Today, please know that God's will for us as a church is not about a perfect program or a beautiful building. May we know that it is not about existing for our own comforts. It's not about sustaining or maintaining It is all about moving forward. It is all about stepping up and stepping out. It is about stretching and straining. It is about running the race and fighting the fights. It is about taking risk. It is about living and breathing and moving by faith. It is about building relationships so that others are transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I clearly feel led by the Lord when I say it is time for a clear vision. Although it is obvious we need to worship together, a building is necessary, but this is not just about a building. This is about a body, a living, breathing body that exists for one purpose and one purpose alone and that God be glorified. So I ask you, I ask you that you have faith and pray. Pray that God will change you 
strengthen you and use you to bring glory to his name. Have faith and pray that God will provide. Have faith and pray that God will build. Have faith and pray that this great work will continue to impact this community for Christ. Vision 2020 is our plan to demonstrate faith and trust in a sovereign God to move us forward. And it is our plan to live out our mission, knowing full well that this is His church and not ours. Therefore, we need to be careful to listen and obey His lead. When God says go, we go. When God says no, we obey. And we are okay with no. With that, we're going to pray together and trust God to provide all that is necessary to do what we believe He has called us to do. Over the past several months, the elders and I have developed a very clear, what I refer to as strategies to accomplish the vision, and this includes a commitment from us. You will receive on your way out a little insert called Vision 2020. We're going to go through this now. Okay? That in a sense reaffirms and you visibly have a reminder this is who we are. This is what our mission is. This is what for the immediate future our vision is. And this is how we're going to get there. Number one, on strategies to accomplish the vision. I think Tony's going to have those up for us is to preach the Word of God with an uncompromising focus on the transforming gospel of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. That's your job to preach, right, Pastor Tim? No, it's not only my job. You are to hold me accountable to make sure that I clearly communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it tells what in Scripture, as we read, to go and to preach That's your responsibility. It's not only mine. And so together, we need to make a commitment to do that. Secondly, we need to teach our children through gospel-centered Sunday school and VBS programs. For some of those that are here today who are gifted to work with children, you know who you are and you know who you are not. You need to exercise those gifts And make a commitment to be parts. Those of you that are parents, you need to understand the priority of Sunday school and VBS. And to communicate to your children the priority that what they learn in Sunday school is more important than what they will learn even on a baseball field, which is hard for me to say, but it's the truth. What they learn in Sunday school trumps every single other activity. Thirdly, we are to disciple students through Navigate so they are serving and impacting those around them for Christ. Primarily, this is where Nick, Pastor Nick, and his wife Ashley have felt led and burdened to make sure it's clearly communicated, okay, we are, we are teaching our students how to impact. They don't walk alone. They don't live in a bubble in their schools. That they impact others 
with the gospel. Number four, it is our responsibility to encourage adults. That's all of us through purposeful Sunday school classes to mature spiritually. We are making a commitment that we're going to offer to the body those times that we can learn and grow as men and women, whether or not it deals with our finances, whether or not it deals with our marriages, whether or not it deals with raising children, whether or not it deals with communication. We are committed to make sure that you are offered whatever is necessary for you to mature spiritually. The next one is we are going to provide fellowship and discipleship opportunities for the church body through a vibrant home group community. Brian and Becca Sagan have done a great job at spearheading this. It has been a blessing throughout this past year to learn and grow together. There have been bumps along the way, and that's okay. And we are going to continue to examine and to learn and to relaunch um, coming after we take our break for the summer from home groups and relaunch um, the gospel project to learn together in small groups, home groups throughout the community this coming September. We are going to pursue a facility that will allow us to worship and minister to 500 to 800 people at one time. This is a beautiful facility. Why is that a point on here? There is a portion of our fellowship that suffers because we don't even know who goes to the same church. If you go to the first service, you don't necessarily know who goes to the second service and vice versa. I think it's very important. I think as well, it's a, it's a key example to the rest of the community that we are able to worship as one. And so this is a goal that we are striving, whether or not it's purchasing, whether or not it's building, we are praying that God will allow us to have a place that we can all meet together. We're going to develop the leadership structure to support the growth of Big Woods Bible Church by continually discipling a sufficient number of elders, deacons, teachers, ministry, and home group leaders. Some of the atmosphere that we are changing within the existing body of elders is that it is my desire that we bring on new men to be able to rest some of those who have been serving faithfully for many years and we create a little bit more of a fresh flow of thoughts and ideas and we're encouraging others to be part of the direction that we are determining as a local church. And so we are committing to do that. We are committed to expand the Celebrate Recovery ministry to meet the needs of individuals and families affected by addictions and abuse. This is probably the newest ministry that Dave introduced to you this morning, but it is something that is of utmost importance to this particular community. Very briefly on that. On Christmas morning, I received a phone call there was a meeting here in our church where Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous meet. I got a phone call that the state trooper was at our church because during a Narcotics Anonymous meeting, someone got upset with someone else, took one of these chairs and threw it through the wall, put a hole in the wall. 
Norm asked me what I wanted to do with that particular hole in the wall. And in all honesty, I wanted to take a frame and to frame this hole in the wall as a reminder of the fact that's how the world deals with the world's problems. We need something different than that. And it was really since that time at Christmas that we began to pray very specifically about Celebrate Recovery. We can't go to a higher power. We go specifically to the higher power, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ and Lord Jesus Christ alone. Celebrate Recovery, Christ-centered program, is necessary for the community that we live in that has a horrific, horrific problem in this area. We're committed to expand that. We're committed to increase our local and our global missions program by investing into the lives of widows and orphans through prayer, through our financial supports, and regular missions trips. This is our edge and emphasis, exalting Jesus amongst the nations. I'm amazed at how many people see Edgen in print and don't know what Edgen stands for. We are committed to expand that program. As we know, another team is going to Guatemala. There are others that have gone to Guatemala last year, as Amanda spoke last week, and are now heading to other places. We want to develop that continually as we move forward. Lastly, this is a big one. We're going to pray about planting another church to expand God's work in central Pennsylvania. Many people don't realize that of the churches that are planted in America, one out of two simply do not survive after four years. One of the reasons that I believe that we need to have worship emphasis together is that we're strong enough and healthy enough that when and if God does direct us to plant another church, daughter church, then we will be healthy enough and strong enough to do that and to do that well. So these are 11 goals, 11 strategies that we are using to implement the vision that God has clearly given to us on the importance of what? Building relationships so that God is glorified and lives, families, and the community are transformed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are a church by God's grace that exists with a wonderful purpose. We need to understand what our purpose is and strive to move toward that. Now, I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult to ask this. I have been wrestling with this. The elders and I have been praying over this. We have spent time individually as fasting over this. And it's something that we feel that we need to go. And so this is your first time of being introduced to it. And so it's, it's difficult for me to get a commitment from you at this very moment. Right now, do this. Do this immediately. It's difficult. I understand. You need time with some of this. However, I would ask you that from what you've heard at this point and understood as far as, far as where we feel our direction is, and you are in agreement with that, and we talk about recommitting Okay, in areas to be more vigilant and more diligent, I would ask before we pray, if you are in agreement with that, to stand, that you would commit to pray, this is where we need to be heading as a local church. If you are not at peace with standing as we pray, that is okay. But I am asking you, if you would, 
to stand with me and to pray with me as we conclude our time together. Before you leave, I want every single person to take one of these um, vision statements in print and keep that in front of you. Put it on your refrigerator. We can get you more copies if you want a copy. Tape to your windshield. Be careful when you drive. But you want to keep that in front of you so that we understand where together we are going as a body. If you would like to, I invite you to stand with me as we pray that God will give to us the means and the ability to move forward with a clear vision for his church for the future. Let's pray. Father, it talks oftentimes in the Old Testament, how people stood in your presence out of respect for who you are. Out of respect for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your word that guides us. And I ask, Lord, right now that as we have heard a clear direction that we need to go, that we understand it, it's going to demand some change on our parts, on my parts. God, I would ask that we together as a body would understand our responsibility of being more transparent, be more committed to what is of eternal value, hugging close to your word to communicate with conviction the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, these are, these are many things that we are asking for your guidance God, as we are taking steps in this direction, I would pray, Lord, that you would give to us a sense of confidence in you, not in ourselves. You would give to us a sense of assurance that you are there with us. That you would give to us a reminder that this is your work, not ours, and that we are simply being obedient to your word to to fight the good fight, to strive and to strain to move forward to run the race in a way that you are pleased with. God, I would ask that as fathers are standing with their families, that you would give to them the strength to lead spiritually, understand the role of being a priest of their home. God, I would ask that, that moms and dads together would see the importance of teaching, of pouring into and leading the lives of their children as disciples. God, I would ask that as there are ministry leaders and ministry heads, that you would give to them a real sense of understanding as to where you're taking all of us together. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your many, many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for a great history that you've given to Big Woods. And we ask, Lord, that we would be faithful stewards. We would be givers. We would be faithful tithers. God, we would be ones who understand the importance of sacrifice. God, I would ask that you would accept all of us, all of our gifts, our strengths, but Lord, all of our weaknesses, and that you would use us to proclaim the name of Jesus in this community. We look forward and we thank you in advance for what you will do. We love you. and We thank you for this time together. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated.
変なね